1: I'm Hadass Kuznets at Shane Confectionery, 110 Market Street, and we're talking about a Valentine's Day event because it's February. It's called the Love Potions Workshop. It's a Franklin Fountain event taking place here at Shane Confectionery, and the two event facilitators for this event are Pavia Burroughs and Laurel Burmester. So, Pavia, let me start with you. What is this event?
2: This event is going to be one part talk and one part workshop. So, first, students will come in, and we're going to give them a brief lecture on the intertwining histories of medicine, magic, soda fountains, a little bit of Victorian floriography, which was a secret language communicated through flowers that you would give your like loved ones and lovers. And then everyone's going to be let loose to make their own love potions. So it's going to be soda syrups and extracts, and we're going to be able to tell everyone what their meanings are so they can imbue a lot of power and magic into their love potions.
1: Wow, Mm -hmm. sounds like fun. Laurel, what kind of research did you have to do for this?
3: So we looked through a bunch of books on floriography, like The Language and Poetry of Flowers from 1878, and Flora's Dictionary from 1837, to get a lot of the meanings of the fruits and the flowers. Also, there's a book called Magic and Medicine of Plants, and a couple of encyclopedias of uh, aphrodisiacs and
1: a bunch of other articles and books like that. You went like back in the day to like what era?
3: Uh, It's mostly 19th century, but some go back as early as the
2: late 18th century, a lot of them. Let's talk about
1: the potions.
2: People are definitely going to drink things. And so the potions are essentially soda syrups. And everyone's going to be able to take home a little heart-shaped vial of their love potion soda syrup that they can turn into a soda for two when they get home. And during the actual workshop, there'll be plenty of seltzer water available for lots of sampling and sipping on sodas. So there will be extracts of fruits, like everything from pineapple and apples and then flowers, like violets and rose. And each of these will have a different meaning that people can combine, such as like generosity or kindness or cinnamon for a little heat. Did people really believe these potions could cast a spell on somebody? Yeah, so the power of plants and magic is probably as old as time, you know, like it's kind of hard to date these things, but once people, you know, they were using plants for everything from clothes, like flax and clothes for linen, and they were eating the plants, and then they just started looking at them and they're like, maybe these can also help me with my ailments, either my medical ailments or my more like esoteric ailments, which there was really a fine line, like a lot of times it was thought that illnesses were like caused by evil spirits or something bad and so to get rid of it they would do like they would drink all sorts of tinctures or potions and stuff to heal themselves because they didn't understand medicine really fully and it's really fascinating because sometimes things that people thought were magical ended up actually being medical and vice versa and sometimes it's really hard to unwind the thinking of people uh garlic is one of my favorite examples this article i think came out a few years ago where these scientists found this i think it was 16th century concoction And it was also intermingled with other concoctions in the book of like definitely magic. And then there was medicine and they tried this garlic one out and it ended up killing like 99% of like Mercer bacteria in the Petri dish and stuff. So maybe they started doing garlic because garlic everyone knows, you know, keeps away vampires. But we think that because it was generally thought to keep away evil spirits against the evil eye, a lot of those things in a variety of cultures. And so maybe they thought garlic good for evil spirits garlic good for my eye infection and then they actually started to stumble upon you know a real thing. Interesting. What
1: about tinctures and concoctions to make someone fall in love with you?
2: First off, I have to say that is it is amoral to use a love potion on someone against their will who wants also a lover that's being coerced, right? There's no really no fun in that. Love potions are best used on oneself to make oneself either feel more loved or more open to love or express characteristics that would welcome love into their life. And where does the pint
1: of haagen fall in with all this? Loving yourself. (laughs) (laughs) With a
2: pint of chocolate. Yes, of course. Yeah. And so a lot of, I think the love potions are either they go back to kind of like aphrodisiacs. And so, you know, if you're feeling sexy, you might feel more open to love. And so there's an overlap with that. And then there's also an overlap with just sort of notions of like the doctrine of signatures, which help play into medicine and magic. And the doctrine of signatures is that you think a plant looks like something, it must help with that something. So the classic Example is the walnut. If it looks like a brain, it can help with mental issues. And so, a lot of our aphrodisiacs look like certain parts of the human body, like oysters. Like oysters, right? And so they help with that. Um, love. Things can also be like that way. So like a strawberry, we always think of as sort of like a lovey-dovey fruit. And I kind of think that's because it kind of looks like a heart. And so that kind of thinking is very easy to to follow.
1: All right. So what are you, do you guys have tinctures that you're using, Laurel? Or concoctions that you're making for love? So a lot of the concoctions are actually soda syrups from the Franklin
3: Fountain that you can get all year round. One of them is, say, if we were going to make a uh, mixture now, we could do like lemon. And that would be for zest in your life Uh, ginger you add a little ginger for some heat in your life Um, and then orange for like generosity so you could combine those that would be one example um, of something you could create Um, yeah and it's all based on how you're feeling Do, do they work Ooh, I haven't
2: tried them
1: yet, so we'll see. So what are you hoping that people get out of this event?
2: I'm hoping that people get a little bit of information and maybe think about how we eat foods and the history behind them and how other people might have looked at foods in the past. But I also hope that people come out to have fun. Fun is definitely something we're trying to promote. <laughs> and um, maybe a little bit of, like, you know, whimsy and magic to their life. You know, thinking about, like, a simple soda syrup, you think, like, you know, a Pepsi or a Coke is not very magical. But when you start thinking, like hmm, like what's going into that like orange soda? Like if I think of orange soda as being this thing that's going to bring you generosity, you know, like it brings a little uh, spark to your life.
1: And can people make these at home on their own using lemon zest or whatever?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So people can definitely make these at home themselves. Simple syrup recipes are easy. They're just sugar and water and tea and you can find them online. And to make your own soda syrups from scratch at home, you cook the simple syrup with other things like lemon zest or orange peel or fruits and then you constrain them to get out all the like organic bits and then you mix it with seltzer. And that's essentially how sodas are made. What
1: are some of the most interesting recipes or the most interesting facts you found in your research?
2: I think again, that the most interesting um, things were about the doctrine of signatures and aphrodisiacs. It was really astounding to me to see that like how many of these fruits and vegetables that you're going like, why is this associated with sex? And then you read the history Um, And it's like, oh, this one ancient culture saw how it grew, and thus we think it looks like, you know, parts of the anatomy and stuff. Can (laughs) you give me an example? Yes. So avocados are a really surprising example because I'm like, avocados is an aphrodisiac. Like, I mean, they taste great, but – so avocados are originally a South American produce, and the Aztecs saw that they grow in pairs – On a tree. And so if you think of two hanging uh, avocados on a tree, they actually look a lot like testicles. And so those are thought as a very strong aphrodisiac. And there are these like apocryphal stories of people not letting their like young virginal daughters walk through the avocado groves and all sorts of other things. And the word avocado in the Aztec language, which I cannot remember or pronounce probably, actually means testicles. So avocado is, we're basically just saying testicles.
1: they look like if you cut it open, it looks like a pregnant woman with a seed in the middle as the baby.
2: I have seen that too. When you look up what a lot of common people think for like doctrine of signatures because this is still an idea that persists people still insist that this is something that works and it's very common like um the magical and the occult communities but it's also popular in sort of like the more new age healing where people are looking to more like fruits and vegetables to get their medicines from again and i saw a lot of people saying that avocados maybe were good for the womb and showing diagrams of a womb and a baby in it and the avocado in the pit so you're not alone in that thinking Um.
1: So that that's interesting. So, uh, and that was one of, one that surprised you?
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah, because it was just one of those things where I'm like, chocolate, for some reason, it kind of made more sense, you know, because I did think like, oh, you feel like happy when you have it, like the serotonin, but like avocado is just not a sexy fruit to me. <laughs> It's green, it's mushy, you know. I guess you'll have more energy <laughs> if
1: you eat the green things than yeah. uh, than the brown thing.
2: Yes. Yeah, most definitely. That. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
1: So tell me more about this event. How much does it cost? Who can attend? Do you have to register?
3: Uh, yeah, so if you could register online, you could go to tinyurl.com slash events, Or you can come to our shop at 110 Market Street or 116 Market Street, the Franklin Fountain. Or you can call. The phone number is 215-922-1048. And It's $22. It starts at 6.30 at night on February 15th and 16th.
1: And you get a lecture and you'll be concocting your own tinctures? Yep. It's going to be a hands-on workshop. A lot of fun. Laurel Burmeister and Pavia Burroughs are event facilitators of the Love Potions Workshop, a Franklin Fountain event at Shane Confectionery, 110 Market Street. Again, that's Thursday and Friday, February 15th and 16th at 6.30 p.m. in celebration of Valentine's Day. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much.